The following audio is from Morningstar Baptist Church in Dayton, Ohio. For more information about Morningstar, visit morningstardayton.org. You know, my dad did teach me a lot of things, but um, he taught me to love some things. You know, we love a lot of the things that our, our dads love. You ever notice that? Like, like some people like really weird candy, and you ask them, why do you eat that candy? Well, when we used to go on road trips, my dad always got this really gross candy, and so I eat it all the time. Like, just the weirdest stuff. And, but we love things that our, our dads love. And I was sitting there, and I was, I was making a list of some things that my dad loves that I love. And so I brought some pictures this morning. The first thing that, that I love that my dad loves, I love racing. I love NASCAR racing. You might think that I'm a redneck, and, and I am, and I take pride in that. And uh, when I was in sixth grade, my dad came and got me out of school with a packed bag and a bunch of his friends in an RV and took me to a NASCAR race. I don't know why. He just thought it would be fun. He got me out of school and took me to a NASCAR race. And we went down, we camped all weekend, and we went to Talladega, Alabama before the movie was out. Um, and, and we watched the NASCAR race, and we've been down quite a few times. Um, that's my dad, and then in the middle is, is Red. That's what we call him, Red. His name's Bill, but so is my dad's. So at some point, he got the nickname Red. Um, other things that I love, I love going on vacation. I love going on vacation. It's one of my favorite. My dad, if he's, he actually told us yesterday, I'm trying to convince your mom to go to Florida. I said, for what? You've already been twice this year. I know. I want to go again. So my dad taught me um, that going on vacation is really fun. Um, my dad taught me to love fishing. Um, we, went, we would go fishing all the time. Yeah, there's my dad and I um, holding big giant catfish by the mouth. And that sucker, I had a rag in my hand because he had already ripped the skin off my knuckles when I picked him up the first time because um, they've got like sandpaper teeth. My dad also taught me to love Tar Heels basketball. And I know some of you all don't like me because I love Tar Heels basketball. Um, but it's my dad's fault. He brought me home from the hospital in a onesie he ordered from Chapel Hill. We went together, we drank from the old well together, and we still text when the Tar Heel games are on. Me, my dad, and my brother in a group text and cheer against whoever they're playing. And that means, yes, anyone. Um, but I'm gonna stay away from names because last time people threatened to leave the church. Um, so I don't know how that picture got in there. Um, the other one my dad taught me is to love missions. My dad taught me to love missions. Um, there are some pictures of my dad and I on some different mission trips that we've been on together um, and a picture of him on his very first mission trip to Mexico. When I was a child, my dad and mom would go on tons of mission trips with the youth group. They would leave me at home. Um, and my mom always cried when she left and cried when she got back because she was leaving her babies. My dad just told me how exciting, well, he didn't cry. You know, he wasn't like sad that we, he was gonna leave us. We, he knew we'd be there when we get back with plenty of problems to cause. But my dad loved missions. Right, when I was in high school, um, we, had, we had moved into a new house. And when I was a junior in high school, my parents finally moved my bedroom to the basement because about every three weeks, they would kick me out of my bedroom. They would move into my bedroom and they would give a missionary who was coming through town our master suite. And um, it, it just got to the point where they said, there's no point in you like coming back to your bedroom, just stay in the basement. <laughs> so I stayed in the basement. Um, it was the first time I was ever allowed to have a TV in my room. I was like 16. So it was like the coolest thing ever. 
I did terrible in school that year. Um, but my dad taught me to love missions. Nothing gets me more excited than going on mission trips, than talking to missionaries. My dad taught me to love missions and he did taught me to love my kids because of how he loved me. And there's a picture of me um, holding one of my babies and my brother and my dad. And my dad taught me to love some things because he loved them. And, and as I fell in love with my dad more and more and got to know my dad and think my dad was cool, I began to love the things that he loved because I wanted to spend time with him. It became important to me to love some of the things that my dad loved. It became important for me to begin to really dive into who my dad was as a person and why he cared about the things he cared about so we could talk about some of the same things. The first thing, he was up helping us with this um, house the other day and, and when he got up to the, to the thing, he asked, have you caught anything in your pond yet? He wanted to know if, if I had got out to the pond and if I had caught anything because we have things in common we like to talk about because I made it a priority to love some of the things that he loves. And uh, I asked Penelope yesterday, she's only four. I asked her, what does daddy love? And here's what she told me, Mountain Dew. Drinking Mountain Dew. And drinking Mountain Dew at sleepovers with me. Cause Penelope and I have sleepovers in the living room where we get to watch a movie and I sleep on the couch and she sleeps on this little bed next to the couch. And we have sleepovers. Apparently at all those things I have Mountain Dew. Um, but again, she loves having sleepovers because it means we get to spend time together. And if we really think about that, it's like we, we've really worked hard to love the things as dads, we, we work hard and as parents, we work hard to love the things that our kids love because we wanna spend time with them. And, and then our, our kids begin to love the things that we love because they wanna spend time with us. And we have these things in common, these things we always do together. And I know some of you here today and, and maybe this is, is hard for you because there are things that you always did together, but the person that you always did them with isn't here anymore. And I know that can be difficult. Um, and, and so for, for those of you that are, that are going through that, I, I, I hate that for you, but focus on the things that your, your father taught you, that your dad taught you. And some of you didn't have a dad that was around a lot. And for those of you who are in that boat, let me encourage you to find fatherly figures. And for those of you who maybe don't have kids or you do, adopt a couple more. But I mean, you don't have to actually adopt them, but, but like who, who are you looking around seeing, man, I, I see somebody today who's missing their dad. I see somebody today who really just doesn't have a dad in their life. What are you doing to see the fatherless and say, I wanna, I wanna be a dad to that person? I don't know what, where that falls with you today, where you fall in that spectrum, but I, I wondered, I began to ask this question, God is our heavenly father. And if God is our heavenly father, what things does God love? Like if you were to ask Jesus, like, hey, what things does your dad love? Like what things is he passionate about? And, and I sat down and I was just racking my brain and thinking about different scriptures of what things does God love? And it hit me 
It was my dad's favorite Super Bowl commercial all over again. There it was. And so we're gonna look today at John 3, 16 and some of the verses following it, but do me a favor. I know it's a, a, very, a very normal verse, a, a verse that you probably learned when you were young. In fact, I memorized it in a different version than I'm reading it from. So I apologize if I start like meshing versions here. It's not on purpose. It's just what's in my head. But don't lose me here because I think there's something to really grab onto here as Jesus talks about something that his father loves. In, in John 3, the Bible says this, for God loved the world. Jesus said, my dad, he loved the world. And the world meaning people that, that didn't have hope, the, the whole thing that had walked away from him, that had turned their back on him, he loves the world. He loves the world. He's passionate about the world. And, and, here's, and Jesus says, you can tell by this. He did it in this way. God loves the world and he did it in this way. He gave. You wanna take a real inventory of what things that you love, what are you giving to? The Bible says that, that God loved because he gave. What I'm saying is the God of the universe showed his love, not through saying, hey world, I love you, but through action and giving. We say we love a lot of things, but what things are we giving to? Our time, our resource, the things that we are giving, how valuable are they? Well, let's look, if we see how much does God really love the world? Well, he gave, and not only did he give, but he gave his one and only son. He gave his one and only son. God didn't just give. He showed his love on such a level that he gave his only son. Like I said, I've, I've got two kids, Harrison and Penelope. We've adopted a few more because I, like I said, I just believe in that. So there's, we've always got somebody staying at the house um, because we love, we love kids. Even if they have great dads, like we just, we love, we love kids, you know? And so, uh, but, but if you ask for, for one of my kids for anything, I'd have a hard time. Like I'd have a hard time giving you either one of my kids, even on their worst days. Some days more than others, I would get close. Like if I'm just being honest, like just depending on the day, there's some days where we'd be like, man, like if she keeps it up, you can have Penelope. Like if she keeps screaming all the time, you can have Penelope. There's some days I've gotten really close to that, but I, I wouldn't give her away because like she comes right on the back of like when I'm ready to give her away, she's like, hey dad, can we have a sleepover? And I'm like, yes, we can, because you're awesome. And you're gonna do awesome stuff. Sometimes in the middle of our sleepovers, we'll be watching, you know, Wreck-It Ralph Breaks the Internet for the third time in three days, and, um, or the third time that day. And she will roll over in the middle of Wreck-It Ralph Breaks the Internet, and she'll just look at me. And I'll say, what? And it's either, I want another snack, or, She'll just stare at me and she'll say, Daddy, I love you. I'm like, I love you too. And then she just rolls over and watches Wreck-It Ralph breaks the internet. 
call me Vanellope, she says, because that's the main character's name. Um, but the reality is, is I wouldn't give you my kids. This wouldn't. But God gave his one and only son and he gave it for a purpose. And the purpose is this, so that everyone who believes in him will not perish, but have eternal life. It says, my dad loved the world so much that he gave his only son, his only son, so that the people who turned their back on him could have this hope that if they'll believe in him, they can have eternal life. That's what my dad loves. My dad loves the people that are lost, that are broken. My dad loves the people that are without hope. That's what my dad loves. And it began to make me think. It began to make me think. And Jesus just clarifies, just in case you didn't quite get it. Here's what he says. The next two verses are important. It says, for God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him, or the world, but to save the world through him. Pardon me, there's my version mesh up. Um, anyone who believes in him is not condemned, but anyone who does not believe is condemned already because he has not believed in the name of the one and only son of God. Jesus says, just so he's talking to this religious leader and he says, just so that you get it straight, just so that you understand, my dad didn't send me to condemn the world. Like he didn't send me to tell the world that they're lost because reality is, is we know we're broken and we know something is missing, right? Like without Christ, apart from Christ, we know there's something missing. We know we're broken. If Jesus would have never came our eternal status would have remained the same and it would have been condemned, separated from God, punished for our sins for all eternity in a place called hell. This religious leader knew because he had spent his whole life trying to follow the law that he didn't do enough to follow the law. He knew he was condemned. But what he wanted Jesus to do was to come in and say, this whole world it's not Jewish, this whole Roman oppression, all of this, I'm gonna overthrow it. And I'm gonna condemn all these non-believing people. And Jesus said, that's not my purpose. Because if you don't believe in me, you're condemned already. My dad sent me to bring hope and to bring peace. To for people to believe on me to trust me so they can have this eternity not separated, but together. And some of you are like, this is the most elementary, stupid message that I've ever heard. And I can't believe I'm wasting my father's day on this. We've lost the wow, right? We kind of lost the wow. It's like my dad said, we lost the wow. We, we aren't excited about it anymore. And it goes more deeper, it goes so much more deeper than that. The Bible says um, in, in Ephesians and in Galatians and in Romans and in 1 John, 
The Bible says that we are our sons and daughters, that we're part of the household of God. So as I focused on this and I really like settled in on this, I began to ask myself this question. Do I love what my dad loves? Like have I spent enough time with my heavenly father to know what he loves and to love it? Do I see the hopeless around me and say, my dad is so passionately after these hopeless people that I'm gonna stop what I'm doing because it matters to love what my father loves. And Jesus didn't pull any punches when he was getting ready to ascend. He's like, I'm gonna give you power to accomplish what my dad is after. And it's to take the hope to the world. So I've got this question is like, do we really love our heavenly father? I think the easy answer to that is yes. Everybody's like, yeah. Okay, what are you giving to love what he loves? Like when you come home after a long day at work and you see your neighbor who you know doesn't know Jesus across the street, out sitting on the porch, taking in their trash, do you say it's been too much of a rough day for me, I'm not getting in that conversation. Or do we say, hey, my heavenly father is so passionate about my neighbor across the street that there's no way I can go inside. Jesus said he's with us, put the Holy Spirit inside of us. So this is something me and my dad do together. We tell people about the hope that, we, that, that exists in him and him alone. Do we really love our Heavenly Father to the point we begin to fall in love with the things that He's in love with? How about this one? When it comes to our children, are we willing to tell our children, no, they're gonna have to sacrifice something because of what our Heavenly Father loves? Say, so what do you mean? Would Jesus the Son of God was made to step down from heaven, to take on all of our ugliness, to die on the cross. Our Heavenly Father put all of our mess on Him. And He said, if, if there's any chance this, this cup can pass for me, that, you know, let, let's do that. And He's sweating tears of blood, right? And, and a sudden drops of blood. And He doesn't want to do it, but He obeys. And He has to make a sacrifice for what God loves. But you know what? I, I think a lot of times what it comes down to is our kids want, want to play every sport in the world and they want to have all the stuff in the world. And so we sacrifice what God loves to give our kids what they want. We sacrifice being embarrassing to our kids because dad, if you talk to that person about Jesus, it might embarrass me. That's our neighbor. So we sacrifice being obedient to, to our heavenly father to appease our children. We, we sacrifice doing what is right before God to make sure our kids 
have every opportunity to be the professional athlete God made them to be. So far, like 99.8% of people were sure their kids were professional athletes and they weren't. But we spend their entire childhood instilling in them how to manipulate a ball to maybe make a fortune. And we never teach them to lead somebody to Jesus. If, you, if somebody asks your kid, what is, does my, what is my parents love? Would they be like, man, they love telling people about Jesus. They love telling people about Jesus. Like everywhere we go, we're always held up late because they're telling somebody about Jesus. Wade is here. Wade is, is a friend of, of ours, and, and he's, he's part of a church in Texas, and he, he comes back and forth, but his, his kids go to our church. And Caleb um, works with our students, and, and Caleb and Cece just had their baby, and I, I saw him this week. He's super awesome, and I got to see him before you. Um, sorry, I couldn't help it. Um, but, but Caleb was, was talking to our students and I'm sitting there listening and, and Caleb is Wade's son-in-law. Caleb's teaching our students how to walk through the Romans road. And he's talking about all this time he spent with his father-in-law who loves telling people about Jesus. Like he just, he eats it up. And I wonder how many of us is that our legacy? And, and Wade's probably gonna be mad at me because like I, I, he doesn't do it for people to know about it. But the reality is, is that's his leg. Like, that's what his kids know he loves to do. Like how many of us can say that? Like our kids are frustrated with us in the grocery store because we're telling people about Jesus. Our kids think it's important to tell other people about Jesus because they're telling people about Jesus. One of the most frustrating things as a youth pastor sometimes is when a parent says, man, I just, I keep telling them to invite their friends from school to the youth group, but they're just not doing it. And I just wanna say, when's the last time you invited somebody in your neighborhood to church? That's why they're not doing it. They don't think it's that important because we haven't shown them that it's that important. They're falling in love with the things that we're falling in love with and it's not Jesus and it's not sharing Jesus because we don't have these vibrant relationships with our heavenly father where we're just so drastically in love with what he is in love with. We don't spend any time with him. Our prayer time and our Bible reading time is the first thing to go when the day gets busy. So our kids see it as the lowest priority. When's the last time you told your kid, no, we're all gonna have our quiet time. So we're gonna get to Kings Island at 11 instead of 10. Because it matters that much to spend time with our heavenly father. And I don't say this because I'm perfect at it. In fact, this is really convi convicting to me. Do I really love my heavenly father like I say I do? Because my life doesn't show that I love the things that he loves. I get so focused and caught up on what I love. I'm like a teenage girl you know, like, no, dad, not right now. 
Like, no doubt I can sleep another half hour instead of getting in the Word this morning. No offense, teenage girls. Y'all are awesome. They, they are. They, you just see them. They were just leading worship. They're, they're incredible. Our, we've got incredible teenage girls, but typical teenage girls, you know, don't want to spend any time with dad. They always get something more important going on. And that's how we act as Christians. And so my, my message this morning is really simple and it's really just a simple two questions that I'm gonna ask you is one, do you have a relationship with Jesus? Like, have you ever come to the point where you said, I'm incomplete without Jesus. I need him in my life. So I'm gonna ask him to come into my life and you've entered into the household of God. You've been adopted by God, do you have that relationship? You know, statistically, there's been some research, the majority of people that are sitting in American churches this morning don't even identify, if they're honest and they can be anonymous, they don't have a real authentic walk with Christ. They don't have a real authentic relationship with him. Some of us are here and we're playing church. We're like that kid who's trying to follow mom and dad's rules so that we look really good and they can leave us alone. So we're hitting church on Sunday. We're saying all the right things. We're listening to Caleb and we're sharing all the, if you don't share this, Jesus will be unhappy posts on Facebook. But we don't have a relationship with Jesus. So maybe you've been coming to church for like 30 years, 40 years, but you don't have a relationship with Jesus. Bible says you're condemned already. I just wonder, if there, are there people here that are wrestling every Sunday with the fact that they have no relationship with Christ? If we do have a relationship with Christ, are we really loving him like we're supposed to? Has he really become the priority in our life? Are we teaching our children that he's important because that's where we give our time? Does your calendar show that you love Jesus? Would your friends say he's passionately in love with Jesus? She's passionately in love with Jesus. They won't stop talking about it. They won't stop trying to invite me to be a part of it. They're driving me crazy. Would your neighbors say that family is Man, they're all about God. They're all about Jesus. They don't even go to Kings Island right when it opens. They wait an hour because they have to do quiet time, whatever that means. Would your bank account, I mean, I know like that, that always makes people uncomfortable, but if, if you look at your bank account, does it show that leading people to Jesus is important? And it doesn't have to be just like giving to Morningstar. When's the last time you took a coworker out to lunch and talked to him about Jesus? When's the last time that you saw somebody on the side of the road and you're like, I need to help them out, but I need to help them out and share Jesus with them. Not just cover my conscience by helping them out. I'm gonna share the real hope of, because that's what my dad loves. That's what my heavenly father loves. If everybody bow their head and close their eyes, our, our band would come, come on back up and we're gonna have a time of invitation. And there's a couple ways that you can respond in this moment. 
One, maybe you need to, to grab your family and come down and as a family make a declaration this morning that your family was gonna be about Jesus. That y'all were gonna focus on and love him more than anything. Maybe you're here, <clears throat> pardon me, maybe you're here and you don't know Jesus. You've been playing church for a long time. You've been doing everything that you need to do to cover the bases. Your whole family thinks you have a relationship with Christ, but you don't know him. Quit playing games. And believe this morning. You can come down here, you can pray, come down here and grab myself. We can pray together. I can share the hope that is found in God's word for you to know Jesus. I'll be around afterwards. You can grab me afterwards. We can talk. Maybe you need to write something on your connection card. Drop it in, your next, in, the, in the box in the back. Maybe you need to lift your voice and sing his praises. But I know this, we all need to make a decision. Are we gonna continue to fall deeper in love with our heavenly father or is life gonna continue to be about us? Do we know him? I'm gonna pray and then once I pray, we're gonna stand and sing and whatever God is leading you to do, don't be disobedient. Don't wait. Just do exactly what he's calling you to do. Thank you for listening to today's message. If you have any questions about Morningstar Baptist Church or today's message, visit morningstardayton.org and choose Contact Us.